Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We're joined now by RSL head coach Pablo Mastroeni. Pablo, good morning. Good morning, fellas. You know, when PK goes on vacation to Arizona, he now sends me photos of fast food places not far from the Thunderbird High Campus <laughs> with no words and no caption, just no, trying to make me laugh. This was a picture of, uh, I think it was... Uh, 7th Avenue and Greenway. I can't remember, Pablo. You said you went on 7th Street or 7th Avenue. 7th Ave, yeah, right yeah. there. And there's right the, across the street from um, Mountain Sky Junior right. High. There's the ju- Junior High, and then a little while, a little ways away is a little south, I think, is the grade school. So I right. was driving through the area on my way to play Lookout Mountain over there on 7th Street. And I yep. told my wife, we're stopped at the stoplight. I said, take that picture and send it to DJ of the street so he could send it to Pablo because that's where he said that he was from. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I went to look at Mountain uh, Elementary as well. Yeah, yeah, I figured you did. They're right there. Yeah. So I'm looking at this photo like, I don't know what this means, but obviously it means Pablo. It means PK is in the this. area thinking about it's Pablo. right down yeah. the street from uh, the Catholic Church and the Latter-day Saint Church. So we've got them both right. covered, Pablo. So it's yeah, not well, the... There's <laughs> It's not six degrees of separation. It's now one. like one half of one degree of separation. Chiefs stick together. What can I tell you, brother? There it is. <laughs> yeah, PK, you know they changed the name, right? Yeah, it's Titans. Yeah, Titans. Yeah. Uh, it's not the same. I worked for the high school newspaper, which obviously I went into journalism, and that was called the War Chant, and they changed that name too. Oh, man. Yeah. So, Pablo, speaking Fine. of sticking together, I guess that's what happened in Houston. It was not an offensive masterpiece, but that really wasn't the plan. You were missing, depending on how you count it, four, maybe five starters. And and you told us before the game, the goal is to get to halftime with a zero on the score sheet, make sure we have a chance, make sure the guys compete. So it wasn't an artistic success, but in your mind, I, I figured like the box was checked. That's a That's a good result and move on. Yeah, yeah. I think, especially given our, our preseason uh, up and down, both um, with players and then obviously in the Portland tournament, the results that we got in those tournaments. It, you know, there's you know you want to you want to have a preseason where you you know the results are validating the work. In this case, it, it really didn't because of so many moving pieces in and out of the group. And so, I think it was really uh, it was an important important confidence booster uh the performance in, in Houston and and again I think you know you're on the road you want to solidify the defense again because every goal that you concede you're gonna have to find two more to win the game um and so I, I think it's a it, it's a great platform to really build from and understand that whether we're at home or away we're gonna when we don't have the ball we have to defend well and then when we have the ball we have to do better and so that will be the focus this week you had some guys out. Herrera will be back, but you have some other guys. Injuries. Can you give us a status? Uh, who's available? Who's not? Yeah, so Herrera uh, should be joining the group. Uh, we'll get an update here in the next 15 minutes as to see what his level of 
um, engagement will be. Um, Everton will not be available. Rubio will be joining the group, but he's probably a few weeks away um, from full fitness. And um, yeah, I think Ochoa? that's uh, Ochoa. Yeah, he's. I think he's going to be a little ways away as well. Okay. So um, yeah, so that's where we're at currently. So how do you generate an attack at home? You you got to find a goal and three points at home and the fortress and all that stuff. How how do you generate something going forward and and be more dangerous at home against the Sounders? Yeah, well, I think you know I think we had some good spells in Houston, and and I think it's really about taking those moments and expanding on it a little bit more, being a little bit more um, decisive with with our both our movements and our and our possession. Um, and then being able to set up a perimeter and higher up the field to where we can, you know, sustain uh, possession higher up the field and, and really put pressure on their back line and on their goalkeeper. And, and again, we did it in, in really small spells uh, in Houston. And so, obviously, at home, there's there's this feeling of you know we have the 12th man and, and, and you know the other teams are coming in, they're coming in the altitude, and so. I think just naturally we'll, we'll just get a little bit more of the ball, but I think the onus is really on us to put the ball in dangerous areas to where we can score. You know, we didn't have too many uh, too many crosses in, in in the box or cross passes in the box, and those are something that we talk about quite a bit. And so it's 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 really getting Bobby and and Dami and, and Miram in good positions to be able to score goals. We know in the must-win situations last year, towards the end, you guys really came through, all except for the, the final defeat. Uh, a new season, new team, blah, blah, blah. But how much of that stuff, the confidence that you gained from late, late last season, can carry over? Uh, you know, I think it can. I think it can. And, and you know, the, the real strength for us last year in, in our run wasn't so much the people that started, the players that started the game, it was the people that came into the game. And, and so... Um, the importance of having um, everyone ready, everyone you know committed, engaged during the game, so that when they come in, they can really make a difference. You know, in MLS, a lot of times the first 60 minutes is really a slugfest, and it's really posturing and positioning and ter- fighting for territory. And it's really the last 30 minutes where teams fatigue, and we pride ourselves on being a, a fit team and really pushing the pace. And, and in a lot of ways, we, I think we did that uh, in, in Houston. I thought the last 15 minutes we did a good job of, of gaining that territory, getting quite a few corner kicks. And, and again, set pieces for us. We, we, have, a, we have a big group, and, and, there's, and we got good delivery. There's, there's no reason we can't find a way to get one or two of those in the back of the net as well. You actually, with that answer, stole my next question because Justin Miram was so good coming off the bench. I mean, the numbers are, they are astounding, P.K., Astounding. That's it's an old joke. I'll have to explain it to you at some point, Pablo. But uh, the numbers are astounding. It was really clear that that just the difference he could make, how decisive it was when he came in. Now you needed to start him, and he, he said he's going to have to mix between those two roles. But I thought when you brought Chang in, he actually gave you a spark. Won a ball right away. Uh, got on the ball and went at defenders and got off a shot that, you know, keeper had to make a nice save on. What do you guys see in the first 60 minutes when they're coming in? What are the things that you have them watching for so they come in and they know right away they don't have to find the game. It's like, this is where I can attack. This is how I can attack. What do you tell them? What do you have them watching for? Well, I think just naturally, um, and these guys are you know super intelligent, especially even guys like Miriam and Chang, experienced players that that that, that have been around the game. 
I just think naturally the game opens up. So the spaces between the lines are going to be bigger um, because of fatigue and, and the lack of the team's defensive shifting as, as a unit. There's going to be gaps. And so what we talk about is really exploiting space, and that was something that we really hit on last week because we felt like if we can get to that the 60, 70th minute in a good way, that, that we're going to have our opportunities to really bomb forward. And I think Chang did a really good job of getting the ball and not looking to cut the ball back and keep possession, but really drive their, their group back. And, and from that, created a good chance for himself and, and one for uh, you know a teammate. And so those, are, those, are, those options will always be there late in the game, and those are things that we took advantage of last year. As far as Seattle goes, with an ex-player, an ex-coach, and other executives there, uh, does it change any t- form of strategy because they're so familiar with you guys, or it's just everybody's so familiar with everybody anyway, so it doesn't really matter? Yeah, I think, you know, for me as a coach, it's, the focus is really about ourselves. And, and I, I really believe that if you don't know who you are and what you're trying to achieve as a group, it doesn't matter what, any, what anyone else does. And so it's really thinking about how, you know, we can get better as a group in the way we want to play. Um, and how Seattle is going to affect that and what the weaknesses are and the ways we can exploit that. You know, and I think first and foremost for us, um, there's a lot of side stories, but for us it's, it's really uh, doing everything we can to, to, to win the game at the weekend and, and put on a good performance for our crowd and, um, and really start building momentum as the season begins. How much, I know you want guys to improve and you show them video and all that, and how quickly does it click? There are moments, that familiarity and confidence PK was talking about. There was a, a moment in the game, uh, you're, you're attacking, and Justin Miram, for whatever reason, the, the defense is kind of bunched in them. Everyone's kind of sucked into the middle, and he plays a no-look ball to his left. He's expecting an overlapping run. Mm-hmm. But the guy who's behind him was, you know, playing in Phoenix last year and wasn't listening to you and in your video sessions and all that. The ball rolls out of bounds, and Justin, just for a second, you're like, you can just feel like, ah, that was the moment. That one just just got away from us. How how quickly does that kick in, and how much repetition does it take so that those decisions are instantaneous? And a player who's really concentrating on defending thinks, this is the moment I got to go forward, and he just goes. No, that, that's a great question. I think, like anything else in life, you, you need consistency and and to build continuity. And and I think that uh, because the preseason, you know, most most preseasons you have, you know, after week two, you have your starting group working together consistently and 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 understanding movements and and tendencies of of the players. So a lot of times you see in sports, it's it's pairings, right? So like in basketball, it's uh, this is this is kind of cheesy, but it's it's you know Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, and those guys always know where each other are. In soccer, it's a little different, but in your, in what you're talking about is and is probably you know Tate as a, as a wing back and and Miram as a you know as a forward winger, and those guys just barely started playing together, and they didn't play all the games together, mm-hmm. and so it is that understanding of you know one Tate getting up to speed with with the play in MLS, which he's done a, a really good job to this point. But it's also understanding the tendencies of the player on the ball. And so Justin's a player that always likes to, you know, he won't always play the first one, won't always play the second one. More than likely he won't play the third one either. But that fourth one, will, he'll attract three players and then play it out wide. And so it's just getting that understanding and that cadence as to when to release to really exploit that space, depending on who you're playing with. I'm wondering, Pablo, last year you had the interim tag, and obviously that's been removed now, and you're the guy who's going to be leading this team going forward. Does that make any change whatsoever in anything that you do? Um, maybe maybe deep down, 
subconsciously it does. You, you, you know, you feel, you know, the pressure to, to really, you know, start something and, and put your stamp on it and, and, and really carry this thing forward. But I think as far as processes in the day to day, nothing changes. You know, I think the important thing for us is to, you know, starting today, we're going to recap and we're going to look at the Houston game and talk about our style of play and how we can do things better. And then during the week, we'll work on those deficiencies while continuing to work on our strengths and, 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 and think about how we're going to stay in, in, in every game, whether it's home or away. Um, and then, and then with that, you know, bring the sharpness, bring the fitness. And so from, from my standpoint, staying focused and staying in the present through processes allows my head to be clear and not worry about all the other, you know, big picture things and like, oh, this is new or now I'm the head coach as opposed to the interim, those things, maybe subconsciously those exist, but you know, I'm staying present and staying focused on what we have to do to best prepare for Seattle. Pablo Mastroni joining us, RSL head coach. Uh, as much as you stay in the moment, I think you do a pretty good job of trying to stay in other guys' moments, too. You remind me of another guy who comes on our show, Riley Jensen, who's always talking about the mental part of sports and knowing where people are in their life and how they're feeling before you get to the tactics and the video and the conditioning. Mm-hmm. And Justin Miram did an interview with us and was asked about coming off the bench. And he sounded just like Jeff Hornacek. Jeff Hornacek once said, I'm, I, I do all of this so I can play basketball. I don't do it so uh-huh. I can watch basketball. And he was talking about how many minutes he got in coming off the bench. He's like, you lift the weights, you do the running, you go to all the practice. I can just buy a ticket and watch basketball. I'm here to play. Uh-huh. And I could hear that in Justin's voice when he was asked about starting. And he, he said... Um, but I realize I'm going to have multiple roles this year. And he didn't say it specifically, but he alluded to a preseason conversation with you where you apparently laid out, this is why you're coming off the bench sometimes and why I need you off the bench. And this is why I'm starting you and why I need you to start. And he didn't go into everything you laid out, but he did say, I'm in a good headspace. He's just really comfortable, even though it's not the role most guys will choose. How do you know which buttons to push, when to talk to guys. It was clear Justin didn't want to have that conversation in July. He had it in January with you, and he felt a lot better because he did. How do you know all that stuff? Because that seems as important as the tactics, and yet it seems really nebulous to track down when you're trying to know what 30 guys on your team are thinking. Yeah, no, that's a great question. You know, <clears throat> I, I worked uh, with, with Riley last year, and actually he came in last week, and, and we had a good chat. You know, and he's you know, and he gives me good perspective on 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 how to you know, you know, I ask him about different players and different personalities, and we, we sit there and brainstorm a little bit as the you know, because he's got a good feel of the players, and I think every every player has his own history, has his own life experiences, um, and and has his own personality, and and so there's you have to reach every player differently, um, and and the way to reach you know for me to reach Justin is. Um, to come from a place of understanding first, and, and and more importantly, as an ex-player, not not as a coach, and say to him, listen, later on in my career, I, I play the same role that you're currently playing, which is huge because you're a leader on the group. Everyone looks up to you because of your experience and what you've been able to achieve. But now it's how can you help the team in real time, and what are your best assets, given the players that we have and the situation that we're currently in, um, and I think. When you, again, when you understand players' frustrations um, and you come from a place of um, empathy, it's a lot easier to reach them. If you come from a place of "I'm the coach, you do as I say," um, they'll basically let you, you know, you know, do whatever you want, and they they take no accountability. There's no ownership in that, you know. And so, I think the most important part 
from from a management standpoint is is giving every player ownership of this group, and 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 everyone's going to have a different slice of that pie. Um, and when they feel a part of it, when they own a part of it, they're willing to go beyond the ego into a place that's going to you know make the team better. And and that was definitely the case for Justin. And you know Justin's starting because you know his levels of fitness have increased dramatically since last year. Um, to where he's able to go about 60, 75 minutes. And he's been, you know, a big part of most of our attacking plays in preseason. Um, and even in Houston, he created three or four really good opportunities on his own. So, um, you know, Justin's a, a great teammate to have. Um, and for me, a, a great leader on this team. So your and my Phoenix connection is not the only connection that I have with this team. This is so freaking freaky, Pablo. I moved to Phoenix from New Jersey in time for ninth grade to go to Thunderbird, right? I had an older sister, and they had lived out there, and my parents sent me out. They had to take care of stuff. They sent me out to to live with her. I lived over there on, like, 23rd and Cactus, so I went to Thunderbird to start the ninth grade. Well, I grew up my first 14 years in a town called Persephone, which is only 15 miles from where David Blitzer your owner grew up. I mean, we were all wow. just meant to be together here in Salt Lake City. <laughs> You're the one that brought us all together. This is this like. is oh well, he upstairs and then <laughs> and then all of us. Yeah, this is just amazing, man. It's just it's it's, an, it's incredible. Awesome. And here we are, all these years later, in Salt Lake City, Utah. <laughs> of all places, beautiful, beautiful place to be. <laughs> Is that what you said when you played in Colorado? <laughs> or do you have a new tune now? Well, you know what? I love the mountains. So sure. I'm on either side. I've, been, I've lived on either side. There's something majestic about the mountains. And I think it does something to the people. Um, super gregarious and, and, and loving and helpful people. And I think you find that on both sides of the mountains. So um, I, I love where I'm at. So when I see... Mr. Blitzer, I haven't met him yet, but the first time I'm going to give him a big hug and say, welcome home. And then security will haul you away. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I will tell you this, because I grew up in San Diego, about a half mile inland from the, uh, from the beach, but we, my grandparents uh, lived in Coronado, and we would go to the beach there all the time. Call, Dad would call Grandma, meet us at the beach. And then, sure enough, she'd be down there waiting by the water when we'd show up. And I can't really explain it, but the mountain has the same impact on people that the beach does. What I haven't right. figured out is how people do Topeka and Wichita. I don't, I don't, I don't have that figured out yet. <laughs> Forget the beach, got- Pablo. Let's go uh, tubing down the salt. Ah, it That's it. That's it. Those are those are great days in high school. Oh my god, those are great. Pablo, next time you come on, remind us, and you'll get the story of uh, PK wrecking the car. Ooh. It's a tremendous River. A tremendous story. <laughs> we don't have time for it right now, but it'll give you something to look forward to next time you talk. But I guarantee you're going to laugh. It's like, I'm glad I heard that story, and I'm glad it's not my story. I'm glad it's PK's. <laughs> Pablo, looking forward to it. Yeah, we appreciate a few minutes, Pablo. Thanks for hopping on with us. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Pablo Mastroni, RSL head coach. Scoreless draw in Houston to get the point on the road. Now they come home and face the Sounders, who, great organization, great results. They got crushed by injuries at the end of last season. 
RSL took advantage of We punked him. <laughs> that is absolutely the bottom line of that. RSL knocked him out of the playoffs. Rusnik went and signed there. Freddie Juarez already left and went there. You alluded to the front office because Craig Weibel, former GM, is there. Garth Lagerway hired him. Former RSL GM. He's up there. There are a ton of connections. It's basically RSL Northwest up there. Sure. Yeah. All right. That's Saturday, the home opener. DJ and PK. Another guy we got ties with, different ties, Pace Mannion, will join us coming up at 9 (laughs) o'clock. Yuck. I don't like to give myself up with the drops, but I'm going to come in during the break. I'm going to give you one drop you have to have with Pace, and we'll play it, and I guarantee you Pace will bust up laughing and recall that day. You know which one? Oh, we'll the figure it out. Spectacular rack. You that do it all is the one. You do it every time. It's the same one we played for him <laughs> before. It. DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.